So hey there, Joan Grobbelar here. Welcome to another episode of the Five All In podcast. Today I have a special guest. Her name is Emma Carr, Crave Personal Styling and the co-host of our joint brand together, the Supper Club Collective. Hello, Jay. Hello. Um, so good to have you here. Thank you I for know having we hang me. Out, we hang out a lot, we? do, don't we, we do, we do, we do. Um, and you've done some incredible things with me, with my style and... Apps. And you with me. Ah. Oh. Yeah, we're it's just a team have... effort. It's a team effort. It is. Teamwork makes the dream work and all of that. So I want to talk to you today because you know that I work with a lot of women and clothes are a really, really important part of how we feel good when we show up. Yeah. We've both turned up in black today because we yeah. mean business. Yes, we mean business. <laughs> there is a psychology to colour that I don't think people realise. Tell me about that. Well, clothes, well, colour impacts how you feel, but also impacts how people respond to you so we've worn black today so black's kind of like a power color so lots of uniforms like police etc it's authority you know authority Authority. yep um but also there's a psychology to it for me so sometimes I wear it when I want to feel powerful but also I wear it when it's a little bit of armor yeah yeah, okay so it's maybe like a bit of a combination of two because obviously I've never really done a podcast before so I've kind of wanted to really kind of show up uh today in that way um red also stimulates the central nervous system so quite often when I'm meeting somebody for the first time I wear red somewhere even if it's a red lipstick because it stimulates the central nervous system so people don't realize that they actually are responding to that so yeah there's lots it's really powerful colour. We don't have to be head to toe. You know, we don't need to look like a children's TV presenter or anything. Uh, but yeah, so there's 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 more to it than than meets the eye. Because you know that I wear a red lip in work. Yep. I am a red lipstick girl. Yeah, even way. something like red nails, tiny yeah. little things. I've got, you know, I've got quite a few pieces of red footwear. Yeah. Just that tiny little dash of it can make an impact you can, you subconsciously as well if i wear a neutral lipstick yeah i know that i get a very different reaction to when yeah. i'm in a meeting and wear a red lipstick yeah, yeah. It, you can see it it's a it's a literally a sensing physical thing. when you're aware of it like you're aware yeah. of it so i think it's once you become aware of it that's then when it becomes really empowering because yeah. then you can play with it and that's what emotional intelligence is all about yeah. isn't it because i do a lot of work around yeah. emotional intelligence and helping women really use that skill because we are exceptionally skilled at emotional intelligence as women and equally if we don't learn to harness our emotional intelligence it can overboil and take us to a different place then we end up feeling really crappy about so so your clothes are are like another piece of that toolkit your emotional intelligence toolkit we're all in on this we're all in so as a fashion stylist what are the three things all women should have in their wardrobe without fail okay so I'm very much about people's individual personal style. So what floats my boat and rocks my world and my wardrobe might not rock yours. Mm -hmm. But for me, you know, if somebody said, you know, like you've just said, what are the three things? Find your right pair of jeans. Like denim is most women's wardrobe nemesis. And we know this from my experience. Yes, and from other people that, you know, that I've worked with, that you also know. It's like it is a game changer. So that then comes down to body shape because ultimately that is the beginning of you knowing how to dress well and wear the right things. It's understanding your body shape. So once you have got 
that knowledge, then that's then where, you know, you'd start. And jeans for me would be the first place to go because now they're not just that casual piece that you wear at the weekend. I mean, denim's huge now. You can wear it in the workplace, you know, especially if you work in creative environments like we do. So game changer for me. And I think denim's the first top of the list. And that was one of the big lessons that you taught me is Buy a, buy a size, buy the right shape, but maybe if you need to buy it in a size bigger and go and get it tailored. Yeah. That I mean, blew my mind. Yeah, because most people, for some reason, well, one, people don't tailor their clothes enough full stop. Yeah. That's a huge game changer. Yeah. and pe- But people seem really confused that you can alter denim. <laughs> I don't know why people think they can't alter jeans, but it's going to somebody good as well that knows how to alter and where to alter them. But yeah. And taking, I think as well, especially if you are, you've never tailored clothes before, taking somebody along like your stylist, like you, because that person maybe who is doing the alterations maybe doesn't necessarily know what they should be doing for your body shape or with that pair of clothes. Because there are loads of things you can do. I sometimes taper the bottom of, you know, you can literally take taper, you know, out of the leg where you take from at the sides. You can either take the waist in from the sides or you can take it in from the seat at the back. Yeah. So going to somebody that knows how to do that's really important. And so take somebody with you. And take somebody with you. Like you. Yeah. And it is absolutely worth the investment to have you in the room to do that alterations. Yeah. yeah. You learn so much about yourself and your body shape. Yeah, 100%. My next, I would say, is tailoring. Yeah. Good tailoring. Again, what type of tailoring in terms of shapes and silhouettes is very specific to your body shape. But having some good tailoring in your wardrobe because, again, the whole you can wear a great blazer with a pair of jeans and that makes it smart. Uh, and I'm because I'm all about separates because price per wear, the fact that you can get maximum wear out of minimum pieces. So, you know, that, you know, when you have those one off pieces in your wardrobe, um, they, you know, like a jumpsuit or a dress. You ha- you, it's good to have them in there because some days you just want to pull that one piece on and go like we both have today. Yeah. yeah. Um, but separates for me are a game changer for your wardrobe. What is your personal favourite brand for tailoring? Depending on price point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love I love Sandro, but mm. that's a high, you know, yeah. the um, me and M, beautiful for workwear pieces. Uh, but then obviously Arquette, under the stories and even because there's a lot of a backlash against the high street especially that price point where zara and everybody are but for me again that's when you work with somebody like me it's like picking the right pieces mm-hmm. because they are which will take me on to my next what everybody should have in their wardrobe is great outerwear really really Good, you know, a, I'm a killer laughing. jacket because we've you done know, all this with you. You know why I'm laughing because <laughs> yeah. I've gone from having literally one coat in my wardrobe yeah. to how many? To now being obsessed, yeah, yeah obsessed yeah. with outerwear and our cat, yeah, cat. Because yeah. I, I never even knew about that brand. So yeah, beautiful. All the, the Scandinavian brands are, you know, their attention to detail and their tailoring and their cut. Yeah. And always that, really good. And interestingly, that is a good brand for me. Whereas me and M isn't necessarily the right brand for me. No, because there are certain brands that work for certain body shapes. I can take, I know there are certain stores that we just can't go to for you, same for other clients. But, you know, back to the sort of Zara thing, there are some things they're really good at. Their coats, their outerwear for the price point 
amazing and good quality and last. You know, I think the throwaway fashion thing, you know, is a you know, you can still buy pieces from these brands and wear them forever if you pick the right pieces. Yes, there are some things they're not good at, knitwear doesn't last, etc. But knowing what bits to go to them for and that, you know, they're tailoring. 90% of their tailoring is really, really good and a really good price point. And so, we you got know... We've great tailoring for, for me. Great from tailoring from Sarah. And interestingly, we we both know somebody who has worked in the fashion industry at a very high end. Yeah. And I was wearing something that you picked out from me from Zara. And I was out with that particular person. And they were like, that is amazing, Sue. And yeah. she thought it was from a very high end brand. Yeah. And when I told her it was from Zara, she couldn't believe it. Because then that's how you wear it and it's what you wear it with. Yeah. It's that high-low mix yeah. of, you know, one, picking out the best looking and the best quality pieces from those stores, but then also wearing them in the right way. And also because you're now um, dressing for your body shape, you've got a really strong aesthetic, it's everything's all pulled together, then that makes everything just look electric anyway, doesn't it? Oh, I'm electric. You're thanks. electric. Thanks, thanks. One of the things that I love that you transformed for me was footwear. Yeah. And where, where do we start at the bottom up? Yeah. Because for me, you need to get that foundation right first. Because the other thing people don't really understand is you have to wear the right footwear for your body shape. Yeah. Because that just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, one thing that I really could not believe was I'd put an outfit on and I'd be like, oh, no, Emma, I don't like it. And you'd say, no, put the, the shoes, shoes on, on first. Yeah. And then I'd put the shoes on and I'd be, what would I be like? Yeah. It happens blow when I go mind. and I'm doing shops and stuff for people and they're like, oh, and I'm like, please put the footwear on because that just elevates the look and finishes everything off. Yeah. So footwear... So that would be my other, well, that's four then, isn't it? Because we've got outerwear. But footwear is just, it's super important. But specifically to have the right footwear for your body shape. I am a trainer girl now. Yeah. I am. Um, so obviously I have now, as you know, a proud selection of trainers. You do. I'm jealous of some of the selection of your trainers. <laughs> but, You've got there first. But, but when the 15-year-old is like, I, think, I don't think you need to buy any more trainers now. You start to think, maybe I have gone over the top. You cannot never have too many trainers. Never have too many trainers, never have too much outerwear. That's what I've learned from you. Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, a lot our lifestyles now, we're, we're out and about, we're, we're, we're on the move all the time. So it's also, you know, we talk about having um, footwear that you can change up. So yeah. you can maybe rock up in your trainers, but you've got your shoes in the, in the yeah. bag if, you're, if, if trainers are not appropriate there for that environment. And also outerwear. I mean, with the weather now, we are wearing some sort of coat or jacket, even if it's a lightweight one, most of the year round now. And also it's the first thing people see. Yeah. It's that first impression when you walk in a room. Yeah. I'm just laughing to myself here because when we had our supper, last supper club <laughs> and I had those killer platform yeah. heels on, yeah. which looked phenomenal. Yeah. They well, weren't even car to bar. They were just bar shoes. <laughs> they are. There is no getting out of the car and into the bar with them. Yeah. You literally have to put them on yeah, in the yeah. club. Yeah, yeah, in the club. <laughs> yeah. Just there. That's it. Yeah. I could not believe how great it was to take them off and put my trainers yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I absolutely love about what you've transformed for me, Emma, is that I wear a tailored suit and wear trainers with it. Yeah. 
And I was I was quite nervous about that because I know some of my clients are, are, you know have a particular look and feel, um, and they like that corporate brand. And I was like, first time I wore trainers with a tailored suit. I was like, oh, is this going to go down well? Yeah. And I remember walking in and the clients, the, one of the board members saying, oh, my God, you look sensational. I would never have worn trainers with that suit. I'm going to wear trainers from now on. But also it was the energy you were bringing to it because yeah. you actually felt owned it. you owned it. That's the thing yeah. with anything. And I also think the idea of corporates completely changing. I know I was having a conversation with one of our guests at supper our last supper and she she's a she's a lawyer and she was saying you know even in that environment it's changing you know yeah. the whole matching dress with jacket you know is not just the standard now and that people are allowed although this is where having the great tailoring and, and everything comes in you're sort of allowed to express yourself yeah. more than you used to be able to what are your thoughts on i know we've touched on this mm. what are your thoughts on high street versus high-end designer where there's, should we be thinking about that in our well, wardrobe? There's, well, there's a place for both. Yeah. I think it's I, I, the sensible thing to do. I mean, even if I was financially in a position to go all out high, high, high end, mm-hmm. I would still mix it yeah. with vintage and high street. I think you can bring more um, creativity, more of your personality to it as well. I think it's very easy to just wear something head to toe that you've seen merchandised or in a magazine or something. So... Um, yeah, and I think if you're, I think if you're smart, you know, I'm all about the savvy sales shopping and about getting a lot of your great key pieces during that time. Oh, it's like you've read my questions. <laughs> but you know, like w- that's when you buy into your aspirational brands. Yeah. Like you know, have have you know those aspirational brands that are on your radar that financially might not be within your reach all the time. Well, that you know, the sales are the perfect time. To, to have a little, to grab a little piece of that pie. What's your favourite key piece, investment pieces to buy in the sales? Outerwear. You know, for le- I've never paid full price for a leather jacket. So what's the point? Yeah. It's, you know, like... And you've so, got some killer leather and jackets. And I've got some killer leather jackets, One that yeah. I also claimed as well. Yeah, <laughs> you did. But, you know, when you're looking at that £400, £500 for a leather jacket, you know, and then you get it in the sale, you know, it's yeah. still £250. It's still an investment, but, yeah. you know... Yeah. I probably should say for the benefit of the audience, Emma, Emma had this beautiful, soft, buttery brown leather jacket. That I wore that I, once. That she wore once. She nabbed I, it. I convinced her that it probably would be way better on me. <laughs> I did pay her for it, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, that I would never have bought that. Yeah. But So it is, it's about that leather, that lovely... Yeah, and even, and even sort of, you know, like I said, you know, I love brands like Sandra and stuff, you know, but you're looking at, you know, a good £500 for a suit. Again, I've... You know, I've got some lovely tailoring from them during during the sales. So tell me about the emotional transformation you see women experience as a result of working with you. I've experienced it personally, so yeah. I don't. I think I want you to tell me what you see because you you're looking at it through a different yeah. set of eyes. And it, it's it's different for all of my clients because, as you know. That first initial, it is very much a roller coaster, and I hate the word journey. But it's the word. It's the word, you know, so you get that initial excitement. Yeah. And then you sometimes get the resistance and the realisation because the stuff's coming up. Yeah. You know, sometimes for some clients, you know, and I check in if we've done the shop and it's like, I've not been wearing it. They're frightened to to show up with this new look and this new... Because, image because it's, I think one of the things that happens 
for because I know quite a few of your clients that you've styled yeah. uh, and done phenomenal, phenomenal things with. Um, one of the things is, and I have a, a really good giggle with one of my clients that you've worked with, uh, because I, I saw her the day after you worked with her, I was like, oh my goodness, you look incredible. She literally wanted to uh, to open up and swallow her because she wasn't used to that yeah. recognition and, and that, attention. And it was amazing because they were actually still her only her, her clothes. We hadn't even been shopping. Yeah. That was somebody wearing her own wardrobe, yes. but but with my eye that had been brought to it. Yeah. So it's even, it's not, it's not even that happened. We've gone out and bought all these new clothes and she's, it was, everything was in her wardrobe that she turned up in that day, but she hadn't, would never have put it together like that. Yeah. And yeah, so I've I've given her a new vision. How many outfits did you manage to make for that client? 40. 40 outfits out of her own personal wardrobe. And I know for a fact, on majority of days, that person thought they had nothing to wear. Yeah. 40 outfits because what we did is we pulled out the bits that weren't working for her body shape and then I showed her how to put things together put uh, silhouettes together that work for her body shape but also to create interesting palettes colour palettes things where she said well I never would have thought that worked and I went but it does and she said yes it does but she wouldn't have seen it because that's what I do because that's your skill you're massively skilled in seeing things that People who like fashion still wouldn't see. Yeah, you're massively skilled at what you do, Emma. Thank you. Thank you. What do you tell me about? I want to talk about your career. Yeah. What, in terms of coming up through the ranks of your career, what was your toughest lesson? Don't know. You know, I like taking people on a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. I think. Moving up to Manchester from London, so I'd been, because I had to take some big steps back in terms of salary, the ladder. You know, when I left London, I was working for Maria Gratschvogel, the fashion designer, working on London Fashion Week. Wow. Working on photo shoots for Victoria Beckham. We're going to come on to that. Because, (laughs) you know, Maria was dressing her at the time. Yeah. And doing all of that to... Temping in the personnel department at ITV in Granada. Now, uh, you know, I worked my way up there quickly, but it was like that was the that was the um, what I had to do to you know. You yeah. Sometimes that was I want I wanted to get out of London, and obviously Manchester. You know, London's really quick, and everybody's moving around, and there's loads of opportunities job wise. But those sort of gigs are few and far between in Manchester. People stay in their jobs longer. People don't move. Once they get in somewhere, they stay there. So I just remember saying to the woman at the um, recruitment agency, look, you know, if you can get me into Granada, and she did, and I was like, I'll take whatever gig I can because I knew that's where I wanted to be. And then I worked my way up to being, obviously, PA to the exec producer on Coronation Street. But that initial to go from being to doing so well and to sort of being at probably a highlight of my career at that time to then having to take quite a few steps back. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? As when we are wanting to make big changes, it's about being able to recognise that with those changes sometimes has to be a bit of a payoff. Oh, there was a sa- there was that was the sacrifice. Yeah. It was like, you know, that's what I had to do, but I, I but I knew it would pay off. I I, I saw the I saw the bigger picture and I knew that 
just get in there doing whatever because I knew I'd get where I needed to be. I like that. I knew I'd get where I needed to be. Where does that focus come from? I don't know. (laughs) I've just got there. You've got that ambition. You've got that drive. I've got a motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's something that all women need to celebrate. Um, I have you know I have conversation. You know, yesterday I had ten conversations with women, and we are not always ready to celebrate our motivation. I think it's as you get older because I I was I was in my mid twenties then, and I anything I wanted, not in a push anybody out the way to get yeah. it, but I you, you know in yourself. I was I was away traveling while I was away traveling. I thought I really want to get into fashion. Really want to get into fashion, and I came back and went to a recruitment agency and said, you know, I, and then I was working for Maria Gratchvogel within like a week of being back from travelling for nine months. I, I I just set that intention in my head, and I didn't yeah. I didn't believe it would be any different. Yeah, and it you know, whereas I think as you get older, you know, we get a few knocks and a few bumps, and little things happen, and you know, and then it's it sort of I think it takes a it's. In some ways, you become more confident, but in other ways, that fearlessness that I had in my mid twenties, like oh, I'd, I'd like a little bit of that back. Yeah, yeah. But well, you've got different responsibilities now than when you're in that yeah. at that time in your life. Yeah. So it does. It you have to weigh up your responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, with... yeah. You have no, you know. Now you know, I have a daughter, and you you can't get ju- a mortgage. You, yeah, and yeah. you can't just like decide on the bounce your risk taking you become slightly more risk averse yes yeah yeah what do you know about um yourself that you didn't know 20 years ago oh good thinking it's good Yeah, yeah 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 i think what i have learned is to embrace my flaws yeah. yeah, yeah, to embrace my flaws. What do you know about your flaws? That they're, they're part of who I am. Because I talk about one of the, my best books that I ever read was The Dark Side of the Light Seekers. Yeah. I mentioned that book to you yeah, the other you day. Did, yeah, yeah, That was an absolutely transformational book for me and I, led, I read that book in 2011 and that book talks about some people with their, who have a perception of them having exceptionally dark sides of themselves, you know, whether it's grumpy, you know, anger, moods, emotions, judgment of things that you've done in the past. Because we've all done stuff in the past yeah. where we could sit on, you know, yeah. really carry that through. But that darkness in that book says, you know, that's what brings us our lightness. Yeah. What do you think about that? No, I agree. And I also think it allows you to accept other people's I'm going to say perceived flaws, but yeah, yeah, I think it it it, it makes you more humble. Yeah, it does. It makes you more humble, and we yeah. can't hold on to that stuff that because that dark stuff actually has added to every single choice and decision that we've made, good, bad, or whatever. Yeah, it it's added to our lives. Yeah, and it's about being learning to forgive yourself, isn't it? About yeah, those flaws. Yeah, so I think that's probably I've yeah I've got to know myself and accept. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, we love self-awareness. So you retrained for your current role as a fashion stylist. What advice would you give to people who are looking for ch- to change their careers? I would say seek some help. 
I mean, I didn't, I wasn't obviously working with you at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is this is something I'd wanted to do since working with Maria at 25. It took me till I was 40 to actually get around. She's a very good looking <laughs> It took me till I was 40 to get around to do it. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I, I've realised that if to surround yourself with those people that can, um, yeah, provide you with the bigger picture, give you a bit of perspective on things, help you see in you what you might not be able to see in yourself. Because sometimes yeah. we need other people to to draw that out yeah. of us, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And also, it, it's, again, it's a bit of a cliche, but it, it is just not too not too late. Because I think you can sometimes think you've got to the point where, oh, you know, that. I mean, that's the one thing I found about becoming a parent is actually, in some ways you become a little bit risk adverse but also you realize well if I'm not going to do this now and also it's that trying to find work that works for you and your family so I think that's why a lot of women are having this second cycle of then yeah, going out second the, coming. a second coming and also that is usually becoming founders and entrepreneurs yeah. and setting their own thing up because they're just unable to find Ugh. work in a you know in an in an, an employed environment that actually works for them so it's like well if I'm going to do it I'm just going to have to go out and do it myself yeah so and we cheerlead those women along yeah absolutely you know you and I um work with a lot of women yeah and we hear stories about ageism sexism and it's still unbelievable in the day and age of me too and yeah. you know us re trying to calibrate recalibrate you know um pay it blows my mind that women are, you know, choosing to become founders and set cool things up. But that's usually because they've not been able to get ahead in the work in the workplace yeah. and they've hit this perceived glass ceiling and they're being blocked out of but the next, yeah, next stages. But I I think it that's how it's meant to be because it's part of the evolution. It's forcing our hand. Yeah. But ultimately in the long run and I think even with everything that's going on in the world at the moment, like it's not great and we've sort of gone down there, but sometimes you have to go all the way back to like propel even further forward. Yeah. So I think that for women as a whole, although it's a bit sticky and feels a bit tricky and we feel like we're being forced to do something we didn't actually maybe want to do, in the long run I think it's going to be for the better. I cannot believe, you know, especially when we do supper, and people, you know, when we sit, we do want boys in the supper club. We do. We, we men. Boys. Men. Yeah. Enlightened men. Enlightened men. Yeah. We want, but we tend to attract a lot of women, don't yeah. we? Um, because they, I think they have a really good feel for us as individuals. That They know what we stand for. They know that we are always going to be there behind them, pushing them along. Yeah. Or if we're a little bit ahead of them, we were putting our hand down and pulling them yeah, up yeah. and pushing them ahead. Yeah. Um, and hearing some of the stories, and we've got incredible women in that yeah. community who have done. I love. I loved the last supper because we had some great guys there. A couple we of great did. guys, and but then one of them was my husband, by the way. So <laughs> who's incredible? Who's incredible? Um, but also we had somebody, you know, starting out in their career. Yeah. Sat around just some, you know, amazing women that have just done some brilliant things. Just that talking, uh, that, that's what I liked about it as yeah. well. It was just like that mix of people that are super well established helping those that are just starting out. And equally, one of the things that I experienced there was maybe somebody who had been an established career who was feeling a little bit 
lost and trapped. And re-energized, re-energized by, by being around the, people yeah. who, were, who were a little bit further behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was brilliant yeah. to see. So as an individual, Emma, how do you keep learning and living forward in your career? Listening to other people's stories. Yeah. Surrounding myself with people that have uh, got ex- life experience different to mine. You know, I, you know, I spend a lot of time being around those sort of people, connecting. I'm drawn to people that are different to me. Yeah. In I'm, what way? Different what way? I'm drawn to individuals. Yeah. I'm drawn to individuals. So if my energy clicks with somebody and sometimes it tend, I can connect with people that are not necessarily like me, but there's a... But maybe that's, a kindred maybe spirit. that's the kindred spirit. Yeah, the kindred spirit, you know... So, you know, podcasts and reading and working with you. Yeah. It's mutual appreciation society yeah. today. Yeah. How do you find having a family and business, balancing your business and building your business without losing your sanity or feeling guilty? Because I know a lot of women have mum guilt, women guilt. How do you balance all that out? Having to do the work with you. <laughs> Lots of frantic WhatsApps, phone calls, <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, it's fr- I mean, it's frustrating with the school hours. Like your days are so short, but yeah. but also just it's back to that acceptance. Sometimes just realizing that I'm having to just go at my pace, and I just have to, you know, like you say, head down, blinkers on, not to be looking at what everybody else is doing because yes. my pace is. It, yeah, it might not be the pace I want to go at, but it's the pace can I, I just can you, go at. Talking about pace. <laughs> talking <laughs> about pace. You cannot say, I have to go at my pace. So on Monday, we had to go. We went on a venue hunt for our supper club because we've outgrown our current venue. Uh, we love our current venue, but we've outgrown them. And we walked We walked around Manchester. <laughs> I did 11,500 steps. At breakneck speed oh, in about two and a half hours, Emma. Can't so please don't, me. Take, don't talk to me about, oh, you know, I have to go at my own well, pace. Well, my pace when I'm walking is my pace. <gasps> oh, I needed to lie down after that. I was, I needed a nap. <sighs> what three, wing, three things should every woman remember as they move through this obstacle course called life? Good question, isn't it? Anybody would think I prepared for this? She's enough. Ugh. Yes. What does enough look like for you, Emma? God, Joe, <laughs> grubble her. You're like throwing them out now, aren't you? She's on a roll. She's like, I'll just hit her with another heavy question. I'm, I'm in I'm in interview zone today. I've, I've got the day of it, so I'm in it. What does enough look like for you? You've got me. Um, I do know. I mean, enough. You, enough is. I, I do know. It's. It's enough. Is that acceptance? It's that inside thing, isn't it? It's that inside thing. It's that acceptance of all of me. Yeah. Of where I'm at. Light, dark. Yeah. All the bits in between. Yeah. And that this whole that thing that this too shall pass because even the good stuff, everything's, you know, it's all part of the process. It's all a it? cycle, and yeah. yeah. So that I mean, that's where I'm at. I'm at now yeah. with that. What else do you think other women should or would be helpful for them to know about when they're dealing with life and everything that we've got going on as that well? We, that everybody is? Yeah. Because I, I, I think 
where we're all falling down a little bit now is with the addition of social media. You know, even even for a more mature age group, like go um, easy, myself. Go easy, <laughs> but but you know, but I, you know, it, it's it. You know, I see people. You think, oh, it's all the young kids struggling with, but I see lots of women and the comparison um, thing, and obviously because you're seeing everybody's highlights and you're you're you know everybody else seems to be smashing it, and you're maybe you know thinking that you're not. You're not doing that, mm. so I th- I think it's that the comparison thing, and mm. just to know that it's everybody's got their stuff going on. Yeah, I think personally, your your brand is a very visual brand, and it does sit it sits so beautifully on social media platforms. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about that. It's it's your shop front. Yeah, and you have to definitely have your blinkers on when you go on there. Yeah, because it can be such a comparisonitis. And I I we've talked about this. I feel very blessed that my company is not so social media driven and I personally know that that has been a massive saving grace for me and equally you know when I I've just come back from the states and I was doing some work out there and had some stuff going on and I Instagram storied that and I um I was having a conversation with one of my pals at there and we were talking about Instagram and social media and because I was so I was Instagram storying that portion and I was telling the truth because I had a horrendous journey yeah. to get there horrendous I spent you couldn't 15, script it I spent 15 hours on a greyhound from Canada to the east coast of the US through the night with no AC hanging on to my belongings for dear life <laughs> um, but interestingly over that period I lost a good chunk of followers Yeah, and I was saying to my friend who's a psychologist out there I'm like I'm really glad because if what I'm doing on yeah. my social media platform is making other people feel uncomfortable. I am so pleased that they had the sense to go, actually, do you know what? This isn't the right person. We've had this conversation about me. Like, you know, quite often when I really show up on there as myself, people fall away. And I I think if you haven't got that strong support network around you and within yourself... And, you know, previously, I, you know, you can see it as a reflection of you, but actually it just, it just means that those people are not for you. They don't want to see what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, it's, but a lot of people don't have that. So I think that's where that's starting to cause. And also, ooh, I don't know if I want to go here, but we can edit. The, the, we can edit. There's, there's a lot of, um, we know there's a lot of women supporting women, but there's a lot of that that's there for show. There's a lot of that that's there for show. And actually, in the background, it's we're being pitted against each other, which I have a bit of an issue with. Yeah, well, you know, I have, I have a, a real issue, issue with it. And, and we're not all quite as united yeah. as the whole sisterhood, you know, tribe, gang thing, all of that. You and I have talked about this both in our careers before we started our own companies, is that some of our toughest leaders have been women. Oh yeah, well, some have, of my yeah have been working women. for guys is easy compared yeah. to working for women. Well, some of the, and and I think we have evolved and we are do you know we are on that path. And one of the things that I notice, people find it really easy to cheerlead for women when their perception is they're far away in the distance. Yes, but as soon as success starts getting closer and closer to home. Yeah. That can be really, really challenging for some yeah. people, especially in friendship groups. Yeah. But also, I wonder, you know, again, like social media is the big bad wolf, but maybe this is all part of our, evol- you know, yeah. evolution that it's bringing up all our stuff to make everybody evolve and grow and move on past it, move we, forward. We've got to have 
you know, view it as it's a platform. It's not the place where we have to live out all our lives. Yeah. It's purely a great marketing platform. And I think, you know, I work very heavily with a lot of women around this. View it as that and take away anything else and monitor the time that you spend on there. Yeah. And I think my third thing. Oh, go on. Is that you're just badass. Oh. That we're all just badass. We are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, how long has it ta- how, how long has it taken you to own being a badass? Currently, forty four years and five months. <laughs> <laughs> some days you're badass, and maybe not. Yeah, some days. No, I know deep down. I, do you know what the problem is? Is that I, I'm too badass. I think. Oh yeah. And I won't own it. That's my problem. Yeah. It's like deep down inside, I know that I'm like the biggest badass out there but I just can't own it some days but it's like so that comes back to authenticity isn't it so yeah I talk about authenticity is it comes in all shades when I am out with my mates at the weekend I'm a different person than what you see in this podcast studio today I'm very yeah. directional very organized yeah. I'm the leader and I'm on it and sometimes then when people see me off duty maybe they're like who's this little mouse yeah that's still authentic yeah. So there's different shades of yeah, badass. D- yeah, of course there is. Yeah. Yeah. I love your badass. It makes me. <laughs> Sometimes Emma says something's incredibly badass. That very dry. But that she's hysterically funny, very dry, and it literally. And very often, uh, very rarely, am I stuck for words. But there are Emma's badass. Sometimes takes my words away. But, but you're brilliant. one of you see. But you're one of the few people that I can really go there with because yeah. some people don't get it you see yeah. so it, it's, it it's not it's not appropriate like some it offends some people whereas yeah I'm allowed to be my full badass self with yeah. you Listen, especially on whatsapp <laughs> and we've talked about being marmite I am definitely marmite yeah. people either really really love me or I'm not their cup of yeah. tea and I think that's probably why yeah. we connect very well yeah with marmite yeah we're marmite <laughs> you have to tell us very quickly making tea for Victoria Beckham yeah. Making tea for Vicky B. I know. Well, it was before her. It was before her heady heights. She was. It was when she was doing her solo career. So she'd left the Spice Girls, and obviously she'd modelled for Maria when she did London Fashion Week that time, and she had the little shorts and the little oh yeah top on the little dolly shorts and the, and the lip ring nose ring. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this, so this was her when she was doing her solo career, and Maria made some dresses for her for the video and for l magazine photo shoot so yeah was she made cool? her a brew was she cool yeah <laughs> and got her a, and got and she, marks and spencer's salad i had to get her a her, um her cutlery so she could eat her marks and spencer's salad the glamour the glamour of fashion <laughs> so what's on the horizon for emma what's your next career adventure um i am currently developing some personal styling workshops yeah. which i'm very excited about um, I'm looking forward to working, you know, because everything I do now is one-on-one. Yeah. So I'm super excited about developing that into uh, a group environment because I think the energy will be really interesting. Yeah, I love really group. interesting. Love that. one-to-one work, but you've seen group work. It's yeah, I, I'd like to. I'd like to explore that and see where that goes. Yeah. Um, I'm doing some lecturing for Fashion Retail Academy in the autumn, which I'm really excited about. I've never done that before. Uh, I've got events coming up with some high street brands. 
in the are autumn say, too. Are we allowed to say which high street? You don't have to say which high street bounds. Well, one's Marks and Spencers. Wow, which I'm super excited about. You would be. You are the perfect because we've. I you have got, helped me buy some pieces from Marks and Spencers. I never thought I were going to be buying. No, none Marks of my clients ever think they can buy anything at Marks and, and Spencers. Then, you showed me how to buy certain pieces in Marks and Spencers and it blew my mind. You are a great yeah. ambassador for them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you thank are. You. you will take their brand from, you know, we know that they are really good. They work with some great influencers, but you are going to give them the edge that I think people yeah. are not seeing. Thank you. Um, why should people join us for Supper Club, Emma? Why shouldn't they join us for Supper Club? <laughs> I think if they want to connect in a really authentic it's it's so relaxed and unforced yeah it's special it's really special yeah it's a it's a very it's a very special energy around that table yeah obviously we lead that it's the intention that we've set for it because we have genuinely set the intention that we if nothing we want to build a community there's nothing like it in manchester which Mm. is crazy considering all the creatives businesses yeah. that are here crazy founders. and that's the yeah. feedback that we're getting from people is that this is what manchester's missing so yeah if if you know if you want connection and you want great conversation and you and you want the opportunity you want to, to be part you of want it. to be part of it and if you want to they're ultimately to help each other rise up with with with, with coming with no expectation that there's anything in it for you i think that's what that's what we're already seeing people you know the community doing things with each other with no expectation that there's anything in it for them they're just yeah. helping they're yeah. helping somebody else rise up so yeah. it's been really really exciting project to work on so thank you thank for joining you. me on it yes emma you have been a fantastic guest it's today. been great i've loved it yeah it's thank good you. job we weren't recording our other conversations no <laughs> where we talk about hot men and things like yeah. that yeah well, if anybody sees the WhatsApp thread, nobody <laughs> needs to see the WhatsApp thread. Where can people find you? Where is the best place for people to find you? Okay, um, Instagram's a really good place to find me. Yeah. I'm at the Fashion Craver over on Instagram. Yeah. My website is cravepersonalstyling.com. So they're the two main places that I hang out. I'm on Facebook as well and on Twitter. But Instagram, obviously, I've got yeah. my Instagram TV, and that's where my styling videos are. There are some amazing. We're going to yeah. give some links to... And um, I've got my YouTube channel as well, obviously. Yeah. We are going to set you up with some links to all of Emma's... Pla- the key platform I've seen that you do. You've curated some fantastic IGTV that is super insightful, especially when you're stuck and you're not, you're, you don't know where to go. And it gives you a great taster. And I would say to anybody who is stuck and you don't know what to do with your style, you're feeling that, you know, maybe you were really cool and now you feel very uncool, Emma is your girl and she will take you on an incredible experience and you won't look back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Anytime.